Hello, welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturgis, Mississippi. It is our goal every week to bring the Word of God to as many people as possible. We pray that you enjoy today's message, but more importantly, we pray that it changes your heart and provokes life change and action. God bless, and please listen from your heart. Enjoy. First Corinthians chapter 10, we're going to be talking about a repeat offender. And we're really looking at Israel and their, their sort of relationship with what they should have done and how they are living. They're not working together. In an illustration to start us off, it's called The Rock Didn't Move. A sailor in a shipwreck was thrown upon a rock where he clung in great danger until the tide went down. Later, a friend asked him, Jim... Didn't you shake with fear when you were hanging on that rock? He said, yes, but the rock didn't, was the significant reply. Christ is the rock of ages. And looking at this today, we're going to be reading 1 Corinthians 10. In in verse 1 and in the following verses, it really has us to look and learn from our past mistakes, to remember, to recall to think back to some of those times in our lives where we should have done things differently, uh, but also what we should have learned from those times. Some of the greatest times of, of, I guess, regret in our lives are also the greatest teaching times. Let's look at verses 1 through 5 of chapter 10. It says, For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea. And all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. Christ was the rock, and in the past, as they made all of their difficult mistakes and walked through the consequences of those mistakes, we see throughout that the same God was very faithful. And the rock that they resided on or resided in was Christ. So we have to, in our lives, remember and recall those times in our lives and learn from those past mistakes that we sometimes hold on to. And, and, you know, thinking about salvation and, and making those mistakes, you know, Christ washes away our sins. He takes those things from our lives which we bring to Him and seek forgiveness for. So those past mistakes might be a memory or lesson learned, but they are never meant to be carried on and on and on and on. Because in Christ, we have triumphed over our sins. So remember and learn from those past mistakes. So where are some examples that we can learn from? Some examples of learning. Verse 6 It says, now these things happened as examples for us so that we would not crave evil things as they also craved. So what is is he talking about craving evil things? It's talking about you and I ought to look to divine things, look to those things which are righteous, which are holy, which are pure, which are God-led, instead of, like culture does, tries to feed itself 
or, or work towards what is pleasing to the eyes. In other words, this was something that was going on in the world and, and even goes on in the world today. So don't crave those things which everyone else does. There's a higher standard. Verse 7 says, Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and stood up to play. Do not be an idolater. Do not be one who worships other things or has anything or, or anything that's in the way of that relationship that is sacred with God. And, and you and I understand and know this, that we can't worship God as we ought to worship God and have things before us or activities before us or practices before us that are occupying the same space that God should occupy in our lives. So we can't worship, we can't let other things and other people get in that way. We have to be steadfast with Him. Verse 8 it says, nor let us act immorally as some of them did, and 23,000 fell in one day. Immorality is, is kind of the name of the game and the culture that we live in today. Another way to say that might be, don't live according to the flesh and the fleshly desires, the lusts and the temptations of this world. Don't abandon what you know Christ is leading you to do and to act and to live like and start living like the world around you. The world around us is surely passing away, but we know that the Word of God will never pass away. So we are to engage in those things which are holy. However you think of immorality, you think about the society of that time which this was written, and you can imagine, but we can also imagine in our day and time, the things which people take on the fact of right and wrong, or, or the people say are acceptable or unacceptable, all these things change over the years in culture of what's okay or what's not okay. But that's why I tell us, the governing guide in our lives, the thing which remains the same, is the Word of God. So the Word of God, I guarantee you, 20 years ago, said the same thing as the Word of God says today, the same thing that it will say 20 years from now. We need to look at our compass and put our compass on the Word of God. Immorality. Verse 9 says, Nor let us try the Lord as some of them did, as were destroyed by the serpents. Try the Lord. How many of you want to go against the Lord? How many of you just in your mind say, You know what, today I'm going to do everything I can to live according to the world, and I want to see what God does. If you are a scholar or a reader, or you're one that just likes to look through the Bible, I'd invite you to look through the Old Testament and see what God does when His people live outside of His will, when they misbehave, when they believe in foreign gods, when they worship things that are not that are not of Him, when they do things which are, are very much sinful, when they do all of these things, what happens when they try the Lord? It's a roller coaster effect. There's many that, that are sent into exile. They're separated from all things which they connect as holy. Their lands, their people, they are enslaved. They are put through such times that are difficult and extremely hard. But there's always a time to which the Lord says, if you return from these things, if you repent from these things, and you seek after me and my ways, then I will restore your land. 
in that, we can see that, yes, we don't want to try the Lord. But the Lord, even in the midst of all that, makes a way where there seemingly is no way. Verse 10 says, Nor grumble as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Not grumbling. It's easy right now to start complaining about anything and everything that's going on. Am I right? There's anything and everything that's going on right now is almost magnified tenfold because of this pandemic, because of being isolated, because we can't do the things that we normally do, because we're not able to go to the places that we love to go and engage with people that we love to engage with. We can't go and do the things, so we feel kind of constricted. We feel like we are, we are kind of put into a corner in that sense. But... We have to be thankful for what we do have. Thankful for who He is in our lives. Thankful that that God will make a way as He always does. And it's so easy to start grumbling, to get into this minutiae, the, the whole juxtaposition of how this makes us feel and how this makes us you know, just retreat in this time. God meant for us to live in community, to live together. In other words, we need one another. We're not meant to go solo for all that we do. So going through these times is very difficult. And we all need that, that soft heart, that understanding of what everybody's going through is similar, but also what is going to take for you and I to get through is our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. As we look forward to verse 11, it says this, Now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. So all the things which God's Word says, all the things which were said throughout the Old Testament, all the things which are written here, are meant to serve as a warning for us that we don't make these mistakes again that we don't do the things which bring God's judgment down upon us, that we don't willfully sin and we learn from the past, Israel's past, yes, but we also learn from our past. This is written for our instruction so that we might know as we engage life that there's a better way to live. The example that this was given really speaks to us. Not only are we to look at these examples and to learn from them, but we are to take heed and don't fall. So looking at verse 12, it says, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed that he does not fall. It matters how we live. The choices we make, the choices you make on this day, have far-reaching effects in our lives. They ripple out and they affect those around us. They affect our families. They affect our friends. They affect our work, our relationships. Everything is affected by the decisions and choices we make today. And the decisions and choices we make today have far-reaching effects to those around us. So we need to think We need to take a step back. We need to utilize this time that we have right now where we can't do all the things we used to do. We can't engage in all the things that we're used to being involved in. We can't go to the places that we've always gone and see the people we've always seen to to really just think about what we say and how we say it and, and really let our words be few in that sense. Seek righteous living 
holy, living, staying close to God, and be careful how we engage the world around us, that we are ones who lift the banner high and raise the name of of Jesus Christ in what we do. Verse 13, it says this, and I think verse 13 is one of the most misquoted verses that I have heard throughout my lifetime that many have said to me in a well-meaning manner because they're repeating what they've heard and they're trying to, to bring comfort and or to help, help me through a hard time. But, but I want us to really understand and engage in this. Verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you, but such as common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also, so that you will be able to endure it. No temptation has ever overtaken you. That God who is faithful won't allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but when the temptation comes... He will provide a way of escape also so that you will be able to endure what you are facing. We think a lot of times and believe the lie that what we're facing nobody else has. Or nobody else has it as difficult or as hard as we do. That we've made enough bad choices that have accumulated that that nobody feels and goes through what we do. And so that isolation allows for the devil to get in there a little bit further and to root around a little bit more. But how, how have we heard this passage said differently? I think we've all heard it said this way. God will never give you more than you can bear. Maybe you've heard that. Maybe you're shaking your head like this. I've heard that before. I've said that before. But let me tell you what that focuses on. That focuses on your power and my power, your ability and my ability. And the reality is we need to focus on the fact that it is the power of God that gives us the ability to overcome the temptation to endure, to escape, because He is the manner that we escape. He is the manner that we fight, and He will help us during the hardest times in our life. When we feel like we're backed up against the wall, it's Him. It always is. So me and you, we can't, but God can. So I want you to understand that verse and its full capacity. You and I can't, but He can give us the means to overcome during our time of temptation. He is our escape and gives us the ability to endure it. It all starts and ends with Him. Fourth, as we look at this, flee for Christ's sake. Verse 14 through 16. Verses 14 says this, it says, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. In other words, don't make anything as important as God in your life. Don't take your focus on, off of God. Don't let yourself be led by others. Don't trust in something in that way. Verse 15 says, I speak as to wise men, you judge what I say. 
Is not the cup of blessing which we bless a sharing in the blood of Christ? Is not the bread which we break a sharing in the body of Christ? So aren't we all going through all of this together? Don't we see the way that the world really is? Don't we understand? Certainly people in the church understand the way that the world is going and how we need to adhere to the things of God. I've found too many of my brothers and sisters these days are looking a whole lot more like the world and accepting things like the world has put before them rather than allowing for the Word of God to lead and govern and guide their lives. And so looking at this in great detail, we cannot put anything in the space in our life which Christ is to reside. Verse 17 through 19 says, Since there was one bread... We who are many are also one body, for we all partake in one bread. Look at the nation, Israel. Are not those who eat sacrifices sharers in the altar? What do I mean then? That a thing sacrificed to idols is anything, or that an idol is anything? It's talking about the fact in that time period, there was a worshiping of idols. There was graven images and images that were put throughout the town. They had some within their home. They had some on their shelves in their home. And they believed that that it was important for various reasons, whether it was crops, whether it was other culturally acceptable things. It was okay to do those things. And many of them also believed in God. You can't do that. You can't worship God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and yet worship all of these other things which are not of God, which do not even remotely glorify God. You've got to worship God, period. You've got to worship Him alone. You cannot worship in these these manners. And an idol doesn't have to be a graven image. An idol can be anything that you put in the space where Christ ought to reside in your life, that you give credence or governance to those things, that they monopolize your time, your effort, your energy, your money, everything, when Christ needs to be at the focus of your life. Everything needs to go through Him. Verses 20 and 21, it talks to the Gentiles that are there because it's, it's the Jewish and the Gentiles, in the differentiation, verse 20 says, No, but I say these things, I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to become sharers in demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. In other words, you can't worship this God and this God and this thing and this idol and still worship the one true God. You can't have it all. You can't be lukewarm. You can't worship all of these things thinking you're covering all the bases. It either is God or it's not at all. You have to choose. You have to believe and trust that God is capable. God is able. God will deliver. That He is all that you need. You either believe that or you believe that these things which you've placed in His spot are more important. It is very much a warning for all of us. But don't provoke the Lord. Verses 22 and 23 says this. Verse 22 says, Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? We are not stronger than He, are we? All things are lawful, but 
not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. It matters in the choices that we make. It matters what is the strongest in our lives. And and the reality is what we invest in, what we spend time doing, what we think is right and wrong, in other words, has begun to, to inform our faith and our worship. Whereas it should be that God informs all the things that we are doing in our lives. We are stronger with God than we are apart from Him. And we cannot do things on our own. Yes, all these things might be permissible to society today, and there are so many things that that society says is right when God says they're wrong, and they still are wrong. If the whole world agrees with your position, yet God says it's wrong or right, then it's God's word. God gets the final word. The word of God speaks truth in the most difficult of circumstances. We need to not provoke the Lord in the way that we live. We need to also look out for others. Looking out for others is one of the primary things that we're, we're given a task to do. You and I are meant to look, look out for the less fortunate. We're meant to look out for those that can't look after themselves. We're meant to look out to those that are lost, those that are poor in spirit. In such a time as this, there's so many needs around us that we have to address, that we want to address. And we have to, within ourselves, say, God, we want you to do the best you can in us on this day. And we have to be happy with that. Looking out for others and loving others is how we are known as Christ followers. Verse 24 says this, Let no one seek out his own good, but that of his neighbor. Eat anything that is sold in the meat market without asking questions for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. I want you to really back up on that. The earth is the Lord's and everything is His. Everything is His. So we need to to really think how we do what we're doing these days. Loving our neighbor is a primary way that you and I can allow for the Lord to reach into their lives. So looking out for our neighbor and not our own needs is primary to our walk with God. We also need to think about how others see us as Christian believers. There are others out there that are looking at us, especially during a time like this, when everybody is scattering and and everybody is panicking and everybody's doing all kinds of strange things, like buying up all the toilet paper. Yes, you, the one who got all the rolls. Yes, you. But everybody's doing all these crazy things, and we are meant to leave an example for unbelievers that lead them to salvation. Verse 27 says, If one of the unbelievers invites you, and you want to go, eat anything that is set before you without asking questions for conscience sake. But if anyone says to you, This meat is sacrificed to idols, don't eat it, for the sake of the one who informed you, and for conscience sake. I mean not for not your own conscience, but the other man's. For why is my freedom judged by another's conscience? If I partake with faith, thankfulness, why am I slandered concerning that which for I give thanks? Whether then you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. 
That means everything that we engage in, everything that we do is meant for God's glory alone. All that we do. So to give no offense, either to Jews or to Greeks or to the church of God, just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of the many, so that they may be saved. Our mandate, our goal, when we are living in this world, is to live according to Christ as to live according to Him and to not lead others astray so that we might save some, so that He might use us for His plan and for His glory. These passages remind us to live differently and to make better decisions. How we live affects others and either leads them towards Christ or away from Christ. See, during this time of panic, both here and around the world, Christians can seek Him and His kingdom first. Then we begin to see the world through His eyes. Then we become His hands and feet to those seeking hope in this world. And if every person you meet reaches a consensus to approve how you are living, yet God does not, you you have a severe issue. God is to inform all else, not the opposite. That's how influencing works. The starting point informs all other things. We have to remember verse 13 being misquoted by many. We know that difficulties will happen, and when they do, God provides that means of escape. Nothing and no way of escape outside of what He provides. We rest knowing that God will deliver us no matter what the trial is if we turn and seek Him as our only means of escape. We know that God is faithful. One of the Jubilee singers, a student of Fisk University, was on board a steamer that took fire. He had the presence of mind to fix life preservers, one for himself and his wife. But in an agony of despair... When all on board were trying to save themselves, someone took his wife, her life preserver, so that she found herself helpless amid waters. But she clung to her husband, placing her hands firmly on his shoulders as he swam on. After a little while, while her strength was exhausted, I can't hold on any longer, was her cry. Try a little longer, was her husband's agonized entreaty. And then he added, let us sing Rock of Ages. Immediately they both began faintly to sing, and their strains fell upon the ears of the many around them, while they were thus seeking to comfort each other. One after another of nearly exhausted swimmers was noticed raising his head above the waves and joining in prayer. Rock of Ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. Strength seemed to come with the song, and they were able to hold out a little longer. Still faintly singing, a boat was seen approaching them, and they did get the strength enough to keep themselves afloat till the crew lifted them on board. And thus, Top Lady's hymn helped to save more than one from death by the sea, and it has often helped to save souls ready to perish. There are many people throughout the the history books and throughout time that have made 
a great impact on the Christian world. None greater than the Reverend Billy Graham. And in his last days, his one unique focus was that many might be saved, that they might come to know Jesus Christ. So wherever you happen to find yourselves today, wherever you are, will you come to Jesus? Will you acknowledge Him as your Lord and Savior? Will you change the way that you live? Let's pray. Father God, we come at this time. God, we ask that you speak to us in a mighty and a great way in this invitation, God, as we're seeking, God. I pray that we find you and we find your means of salvation, God. Heavenly Father, we look to a world where everything seems to be permissible. But God, we know that your word, your word guides us true. When we're lost, God, it helps us find home. So God, I pray today, if there are many that have accepted this world's ways and the way of thought, that they have worshipped idols and anything else, God, I pray on this day that they stop what they're doing, that they turn to you, that they seek forgiveness. And Father God, I pray that you drastically change their lives, that you give them a testimony that the world can believe. Heavenly Father, I pray for the many who are Christians that are trying to live with other things in areas of prominence in our lives. God, I pray tonight that they're willing to take those things, to set them aside for you and you alone and for your glory. That they're willing to sacrifice those things that you might have the whole of them. That they might be willing to do whatever it takes to lay it down before you, God. Heavenly Father, as we listen to the words of Billy Graham, the invitation that's ahead, God, I pray that we respond this day as God leads. Amen. Thank you for joining the Friendship Family today. We know that your time is the most valuable item you have, and we are enormously grateful that you chose to share it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page at facebook.com slash fbcms. Both can be found in the show notes below. If you would leave a rating or review for our new podcast, we would be very appreciative. And if you would share it with others, we would be eternally grateful. We pray that you have a God-filled day. And remember, love God, love people, and reach the world. Have a good day.